Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil Barron. <laughs> How's it going today? Good. How about you? Good, good. I want to talk about something that we regularly talk about. Okay. And that is, it's food. I was going to say Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think we might touch on Cheetos really wow. briefly, okay. really briefly. Okay. I mean, really briefly, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's hard to have a good relationship with food. It is right. I mean, like it's most terrible. of what we're told to eat, that's good for us is not the kind of stuff that we <laughs> normally want to eat. Right. Um, it's not like, Cheetos, for right, example. See, right. I, See, I told you I would work that okay. in. All right. <laughs> uh, but we all know that you got to eat right. Um, most of the time when we hear that, it's you got to eat right to lose weight. Right. Like There's this whole body image thing worked into that. And it's just, it's hard to have a good relationship with food. Right. But today I want to talk about food in a slightly different light. Okay. I, I found an article. It's on Well Plus Good. It was written by Maki Yazawa. And it's called, These Five Foods Contain Plant Compounds That Have Been Shown to Boost Your Mood and Mental State. Oh. So I thought, you know, there's something yeah. we don't always say about food. We're, all, we're always like, don't eat this right. and eat more of that. And the things that we say don't eat are the things that you want. The things that we say to eat more of aren't the things that you want. So this is good stuff. It turns okay. out that research has shown that there really are certain foods that contain compounds such as tryptophan. Mm -hmm. That's one that we've heard of mm -hmm. that can boost serotonin levels. Uh, there are gut balancing probiotics that we find in food, which are linked mm -hmm. to lower levels of stress and anxiety. Uh, and that has been shown to have a positive impact on our mood as well. So polyphenols are one of those compounds that are, are good for us. Uh -huh. So that's the, the kind of the collection of compounds that right. we're talking about. So before we jump into that, just a quick reminder, there is no real food or ingredient that's going to turn your entire day around. Oh. If you're having a bad day, it's not like, you know, eating a purple grape is going to make your day perfect, right? <laughs> Darn uh, it. That's just not the way that it works. We, we don't believe that any one single food is going to boost your mood, but rather a well-rounded diet based on whole foods that provide a wide range of nutrients is your best bet. That's okay. according to Jessica Beacom, who is a registered dietitian nutritionist. Uh, however, they have found science has shown that polyphenol rich foods, including chocolate, Mm -hmm. And coffee has been linked to boosting your mood and lowering levels of anxiety and depression. So what are polyphenols exactly? Do you know? Because um, you know, I didn't. I know. <laughs> it's okay if you don't, because I didn't know what they were. Polyphenols are a plant compound that's made up of a large and diverse group of molecules that can help protect plants against stress. So that's what they do for the plant. Mm -hmm. uh, but research has shown that when humans eat them, the polyphenols, they reap health benefits. So scientific studies have confirmed a clear connection between diet, mood, and better mental health. For example, in 2018, there was a study that analyzed polyphenol intake and its effects on depression. And it showed that those who ate more quercetin, these are all words that I had to practice and I'm sure I'm <laughs> saying them wrong, but... Um, that's a plant flavanol from the flavonoid group of polyphenols that's found in fruits in, in foods like fruits and grains. But this, um, this compound has reduced depressive symptoms. Huh. So again, it's not a magic bullet. It's right. not like, you know, eat one and you're good, but something that you ought to consider about. So here's a few polyphenol rich foods that can help boost okay. your mood. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Number one, the spices. Oh, so we've heard a lot uh, about different spices, mm -hmm. you know, specific ones, but per ounce, Spices are among the top polyphenol rich foods on earth. Hmm. And that was interesting to me. I that didn't know that. That is interesting. One that we're hearing a lot more about these days is turmeric. 
Oh yeah. You hear yeah. that? Every mm-hmm. once in a while that comes up, right? It's also known for its super anti-inflammatory properties mm-hmm. as well. But turmeric is especially notable because it's the dietary source of curcumin, which is an orange polyphenol that helps give turmeric its distinctive color. Mm-hmm. So remember, we're looking for colorful foods right, here. That's what right. we're thinking about. And a number of studies have looked at curcumin's role in brain and mental health. And some evidence suggests that it could be effective due to its action on certain brain pathways and depression. So mm. still research to be done, but something to consider. Right. You might consider also a sweet tasting clove. That's another oh. spice which is among the richest sources of polyphenols of any food pronounce. Hmm. And it's a great addition to your favorite dessert or maybe mm-hmm. to throw in some tea, uh, but some things to think about in the spice arena. Yeah. Uh, another thing that has a lot of polyphenols is dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we hear a lot of good things about dark chocolate. It makes the food list of high foods that are high in polyphenol. Uh, yes. Cocoa beans, uh-huh. which are used to make chocolate are especially rich in polyphenols. Mm-hmm. However, the caveat is that not all chocolate is created equal. You knew I was <laughs> going to say that, I right? I knew you were going to have you something saw that to say. Coming. I did. And that is in terms of its mood boosting right. benefits. So dark chocolate, which uses more cocoa than milk or white chocolate is mm-hmm. generally richer in polyphenols because it has a higher cacao content. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if you're eating chocolate with a lot of added sugar, you're likely offsetting any of the potential health benefits. That's according to Dr. Perlmutter. Um, to get the most benefits from your bar, you want to, he recommends that dark chocolate with greater than 70% cacao and minimal added sugars, hmm. which just doesn't taste as good to yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's not good for you, but you know, a Hershey bar <laughs> is probably uh, easier on my palate. At yeah. least, just <laughs> milk fi- chocolate. Milk chocolate. Just finishing up a couple of these here. I mentioned coffee earlier, but mm-hmm. coffee is among the top sources of polyphenols in our diets today. Studies show that green or light roast coffee has the highest polyphenol concentration and uh, experts encourage people to be moderate with added sugars, which again may negate the health benefits. So if you're eating something that's good for you, but it's, you know, dripped in deep fried fat and dipped in chocolate, you're probably offsetting some of those benefits, right? Right. The last one is another one I already mentioned that is tea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another polyphenol rich drink that Dr. Perlmutter recommends is tea. Research suggests that green tea in particular Mm -hmm. may have higher concentrations of polyphenols than other teas, particularly the herbal varieties that are missing out on the amino acid L-theanine. Tea is, um, it's also full of other healthy antioxidants, which can help promote bone health as you age oh. as well. So a few things to just consider and think about. And again, mm-hmm. what we're talking about are the colorful right. foods. So when you're looking at your plate, if it's all the same color, it's time to, <laughs> you know, take some steps, right? Right. So today's guest, I know I'm excited. Another one of our amazing athletes at the Huntsman World Senior Games, Lisa Fisher has competed for five years at the games. And guess what? She's already registered for her sixth year this year in both golf and basketball skills. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm, ha- I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to visit with yeah. you. So you've been competing in the games, in the senior games for five years now. And then, uh, you know, I've have had wonderful experiences along the way, just being able to continue to do the things that you love to do, uh, regardless of age. Um, I want to start earlier back with you, though, Lisa, just just at the very beginning. Have you always played sports? Is it something that you've always done or is it something that you picked up later on in your life? I've always played sports. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood where it was mostly boys. And that was the 
late sixties, early seventies. And um, there was probably one other little, little girl. And um, if you didn't play with the boys, you really didn't have anything to do in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where it started. And, and so you were in this neighborhood with a bunch of boys and of course they're wanting to play sports of some variety, right? Sure. Were there sports that stood out that you played, spent more time with? Well, everybody seemed to have a basketball hoop nailed on their, on their garage door. <laughs> um, we had a dirt field um, down the road. Um, we would um, also ice skate. Our, my dad would always freeze our, our backyard in the winter. And so we would come and ice skate and pretend to be hockey players. Um, and we'd run, we'd, we'd watch the Olympics and then we'd want to be like them and run around. And, you know, we had like um, in the summers, we would have mini Olympics uh, with all the neighborhood children, but some of the moms didn't think that the girls should be involved in that, but my mom did. So I'm really <laughs> <her>. <laughs> that's awesome. So it sounds like both of your parents were pretty supportive of your athletic endeavors, even in a time when that wasn't very common. Yeah, my dad had daughters, um, uh, two daughters, uh, no sons, and he was a, a pole vault um, record holder back in his day, which is like in somewhere in the 19, uh, late 1940s or early or mid 1940s. Um, and he was a good baseball and football player. But then he went to Korea to serve in our, our country um, mm-hmm. and came back and got a job and got met my mom and, and got married. But he was one of the first, I would say, you hear that uh, that saying called dad moms. Uh, I mean, uh, girl dads, girl I'm dads yeah. girl dads. <laughs> Kobe Bryant, it, it all, you know, Kobe was the, the greatest example of that. And my dad in the early 1970s was a girl dad. So mm. I was really fortunate. He, he was a girl dad before hashtags. Back, back <laughs> okay, when hashtags right. were the pound, the pound <laughs> right. symbol, right? right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. So it sounds like, well, again, your dad, especially, but your mom too, was very supportive of you just running around and being active and being physical. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, all those, all those informal games that were played, I'm sure were tons of fun, but did you have opportunities to play like little league baseball or in, you know, youth leagues with basketball? None. Um, I was born in 1961. Um, so in 1972, I was 11 years old, and that's when Title IX came came about. But there really wasn't opportunities for girls like there is now um, AAU, traveling teams, uh, whatnot. Um, we just played and we organized. And, and once in a while, the high school would open up and we could go and shoot baskets there. But there was nothing at all for girls. So, so many of our athletes, our, our female athletes have kind of experienced that same scenario, you know. Um, you did mention, though, that Title IX passed while you were 11. So, as you're coming into high school, were there more opportunities available to you then? I, I believe so. Um, there were, uh, there was the start of camps, but um, my coach, uh, who coached me in volleyball and basketball, was the same person. She was a gym teacher. I think she was very innovative. She even got us in the weight room, the start of that a little bit. So wow. um, that, I think that, was, it, that was really progressive for those times, right? Yes. And may I mention her name? Absolutely. Sally Miller. Shout out to my coach, <laughs> Sally Miller. <laughs> Way to go, Sally Way Miller. Way to, to go, be, Sally. Be a little yes. progressive there. That's awesome. So this is your high school coach you're talking about. That's my high school coach. And okay. we had a really great um, track coach. Um, and, uh, and then softball. 
came about. It was slow pitch. It wasn't fast pitch like we see today, but it was slow pitch, but it was the start. And that was not until my senior year, 1979. So I joined that too. I, I liked it. <laughs> Might as well play them all, right? Right. Sure. That's but when awesome. I was in um, in grade school, there were no opportunities. And as a matter of fact, um, when the boys, the boys would play on the playground on, on a basketball hoop and the girls had to play jump rope or red rover or something like that. And we weren't allowed to play. So one day the boys had a field trip and the girls were left there at the school. And during recess, we we decided to get a basketball and shoot hoops while our principal actually punished us. She got on our case about it. Which is so foreign to me now, but um, looking well, back, I have to laugh. <laughs> thankfully, it's foreign now, right? Right. Yes. But, man, I, I hear those these kinds of stories, and I just it's it, like you said, it really just sounds so dissonant right. and so right. like, I mean, wrong is the is the right word. It just sounds yeah. so wrong, but it's, but it it's also- like yes, it's wrong, and it's om- it's foreign. Like if you tell somebody now that's even in their 40s or younger they look at you like it's hard to believe that that you, happened did you grow up in the caveman era <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't that long ago no. but thankfully things things are different and that's not to say there isn't room for right. improvement certainly there's room for improvement across the board in so many ways and certainly in mm-hmm. you know sports and opportunities for the for female athletes there's definitely room for improvement but holy cow like it's hard to even imagine that time frame right. that you're talking about. And it wasn't that long ago, right, Lisa? It was just a few years ago. Wasn't that long ago, no. <laughs> was, when you think about it 50 years ago, that, that I mean, the time went by, but um, but to, to be part of that progress and to see, like, when I was in college, my freshman year, we were Division Three AIAW. And then my sophomore year, we went to Division Two, And my senior year, um, the um it dissolved it, that that conference or that that structure for women's co- collegiate sports dissolved and so you had to pick NCAA or NAIA and if you picked NCAA you actually had to go back down a level so we were division 2 we would have had to go backwards to division 3 and it was something to do with e- equal with the men at that time i think we're still division 3 our men's some of our men's teams um, which is is very strange, uh, but we did pick NAI. We were Division Two in college, so just to think from high from grade school, nobody wanting you to ever play sports. Uh, the neighborhood moms didn't want you to play sports. My mom had to jump in there and and actually, you know, say to them, "No, these okay. girls are going to play sports." So all of these people are part of this pioneer process, and to go from that to my senior year making it to the NAIA nationals, which is like now the NCAA tournament, so to speak, yeah. um, in volleyball. It's incredible how rapid it, it went, but um, it's so great to see the, that growth. So Lisa, you mentioned um, you know, earlier that you, you really were the bridge generation yes. because you saw it both ways. Uh, you definitely saw the uh, you know when there were no opportunities available to, to young girls wanting to play. And then, like you said, by the time you went, got to your college year, your senior year in college, here you were playing for a national championship on a women's team. Yes. Um, and then of course, you know, again, still 
tons of progress was made since then, and there's still more room for growth, no question about it. But um, you you mentioned the word pioneering. That is so true. And mm-hmm. so thank you to you and all the women from your right. time and your generation that were able to bridge that gap and and to be progressive and to be you know, out there willing to be the first ones, you know, like, like you said, right now, it seems so foreign and it's so strange to think that of course, girls can play sports. Of course Mm -hmm. they can. But at that time, like people didn't really know or think that girls could. And so there was a certain amount of risk involved Mm -hmm. of what if we, you know, what if we fail and you guys took the courage, you and your generation took the courage to say, no, we're not going to fail. We're going to move forward. We're going to do this and you're going to watch us and it's going to be amazing. So thanks and congratulations. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so, so you played in, in college. You ended up playing basketball as well as volleyball, correct? I did. Yes. So yes. tell us just a little bit about that experience. That's a, a two sport athlete in college is something else. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot of commitment there. This is, this is a hilarious story. So my, my, um, bas- my basketball coach, I, who I adore, M.A. Kelling, Shout out to her. Um, she recruited me and a bunch of local. We we weren't out of state recruits. Uh, we were all sort of local in the in the public schools um, in, nearby um, in southeastern Wisconsin. And I remember going to her office for the formal visit, and the volleyball coach was in the other room. And after I completed like, talking to her. Um, she said, you want to go on a tour of our campus? I, and I said, I'd love to. And the volleyball coach said, oh, wait one minute. Can I talk to this woman? Um, would you mind trying out for the volleyball team? Would you consider it? I know you played volleyball in high school. And I said, well, okay. <laughs> so I did. And, um, and, and I'm so happy that I did. Uh, it, it was, it, it, it's, that sounds archaic as well, but I, I don't know how things were done back then. Again, we were division three. Um, we played most of the state schools in Wisconsin and, um, but that that's how I was recruited. And that's how I that's started awesome. my career at UWM Milwaukee. Two sport athlete right. in college. Fantastic. Uh, and then went on to play in the finals for your division as well, which is amazing. Now, let, let me ask you this, Lisa, after you graduated from college, um, you talked about kind of your dad's journey and how he kind of had a, for, for various reasons to leave athletics behind. Did that same thing happen to you or did you find opportunities to continue to compete and play throughout your adult life? I know you're playing now as a senior. I'm wondering about that interim. Um, well, they, they, in volleyball at the university of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, they, they needed people that were knowledgeable about the sport to officiate because the sport was growing. And my coach asked if I would consider officiating, even though I had graduated with a, a degree in occupational therapy and I was starting my, my healthcare career. Um, I knew the matches were weekends or nights. And I said, sure, I'd love to officiate. And then I got into um, volleyball officiating also at the high school level. Um, and then um, I got married shortly after that. I met my wonderful husband and we moved to a community, uh, got established, and I started coaching at the local at our local parish and one of the high school coaches saw me and said, Hey, you know, would you ever consider coaching at the high school level? I would, you know, I think we need a woman in our program. And this man, uh, Robert Talkowski was um, a, a phenomenal athlete at that high school. He was old enough to be my dad at the time, but he had daughters and granddaughters and he recognized the value of females who were knowledgeable about the sport, again, happen chance recruitment. Um, and, and I was able to coach girls basketball at the sub varsity level and the varsity team as an assistant coach. 
um, from, uh, from 1993 to 2009. Um, wow. And it was a joy. It was an absolute joy. And you didn't really get paid much. Um, I did have my healthcare career, but I, I, we got paid a stipend, which was you know, yeah, definitely not worth the time that you put in. You're, you're right. definitely not doing it for the money at that point. Exactly not doing it for the money. <laughs> but what a great opportunity to stay involved with the sports yeah. that you love. Yeah. Now I'm going to jump into the senior sports. So you, like I said at the beginning, you've competed for five years at the Huntsman World Senior Games. How did you hear about the, the World Senior Games and jump into competing at that level? Well, our dear friends, Paul and Linda Wenzel, um, Paul uh, stood up in our wedding. He was one of our groomsmen. He had been playing senior uh, level, uh, master's level uh, softball. They they played with my husband played. Softball was big in Milwaukee and, and, and um, so for so long. And one day they talked about Paul being in the Huntsman Sen- Senior Olympics games. And, and his wife, Linda, said, hey, you should try, Lisa. You are you've been coaching since you were in your late forties. Um, you should, when you're 50, you, you know, you should try this. I bet you do well. And I, I said, okay, I didn't know, um, <laughs> but I, I didn't know anything about it, which is, Oh, it's so sad. Now I wish I did. Um, and I thought about it, but kind of put it on the back burner. And then the following year, Hey, Lisa, come on, join it. And they encouraged me to do it. So I thought about it and I thought I would do it, but then my dad was stricken with cancer and um, that whole journey, my mom had to care for him. We had to care for him. And, um, and then she had, a, when he died, she had to sell the house and uh, she moved. And by the time all of that happened, I was 55 and I thought I'm going for it. I am going to go for it. There's why not? What's, what can it harm? And I can say that I am an Olympic athlete, even though it's at the senior level, I can say, I'm an Olympic athlete. And it was one of the biggest joys of my life. It was so such a great opportunity. Uh, the opening ceremonies was, I, I was in tears. I was high-fiving everybody. And it, it was, um, you know, it hits you in the heart, but it was great. It was, it was just so fantastic. I love that. And I love that. Um, you, you've, you definitely got the spirit of what we're trying to accomplish here. You know, there's, you, you kind of get caught up sometimes in the competition and the bad calls by the ref or the rules that you disagree with or whatever. And all that's part of the game. Like I, I wouldn't even take that part of it out. I really wouldn't. It's part of the game, but you also, at the same time, you also have just really captured the feeling of what this event is all yeah. about and what we want it to mean to our athletes and what it has meant to you over the years. You talk about that opening ceremonies. There really is something special. There is. There's just like, I like to say there's just magic in the air. It's just <laughs> like, you can look up and it just feels like you can see the sparkles and hear yeah. the ringing in your ears. Yeah. There's just something amazing and magical when these athletes from all around the world mm-hmm. march into the arena and then that whole presentation of peace, health, and friendship, and joy, and vitality, and active aging, and all those great things, um, it does kind of give you chills, doesn't it? Sure it sure does. <laughs> it does. And, and there's, nothing, there's nothing that substitutes for that. Um, and we, we senior athletes care about each other. And although that competitive spirit is there, we are unbelievably encouraging and we all get it. We know how special this is. And, um, and I, I just can't, I just, I want to continue to promote uh, the Huntsman uh, senior games as long as I can and be part of it as long as I can. 
Well, you're definitely doing yeah. that through your example. Yeah. And, and thank you so much. I wish we had the whole rest yes, of the day to visit. Unfortunately, that's the time <laughs> that we have. But let me just say, thank you so much on, on every level. Thanks for being the example. Thanks for being right. that bridge group. Thanks for staying in sports and being an example to the younger generation and as well as your peers and older right. generation that can see, Hey, this can still be done. And thanks for being a part of the Huntsman World Senior Games. Yeah. And we'll be watching for you yes, in October and best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. All right. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll see you in October. Yes. Isn't that awesome? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I cried, but oh, man. there were just tears. So I'm much just good stuff you. there. <laughs> Lisa's one of our true champions yeah. for sure. So yeah. if you want to have an experience like Lisa Fisher, you can. All you got to do is get registered if you haven't already. Now it's more important than ever. If, if if some of your some of our sports are closed, if your sport happens to be closed, there's only a few. But if your sport happens to be closed, get on that waiting list. Now is the time when people start to get canceled. You know, injuries or any number of reasons they they cancel, and uh, we can pull people off of that wait list. So don't be discouraged if you get there and uh, your sport is closed. You can get all the registration information that you need for the 35 different sports that we offer at seniorgames.net. Also remember, this is our 35th anniversary year and we're giving away 35 registration fee waivers. So be sure to follow us on social media at World Senior Games to find out how you might be able to get your registration fee waived this year. And we want to remind you also to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and we turn it into a podcast and you can find and uh, find this podcast and subscribe to it anywhere where you find your favorite podcast. If you are listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating or write a quick review. It really helps us get the word out. And then as always, you can find this and previous shows on our website. Once again, seniorgames.net. So check that out. Lil, today's inspirational thought comes from actress Mindy Colling. And she says, if you don't see a clear path for what you want, sometimes you have to make it yourself until next Thursday. Stay active. Stay active.